0: You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is vitally Friday. Here is the number if you want to chime in, 800-922-6680. Uh, this in, you had this a little while ago. I just been so bloody busy with other things. Former Governor Larry Hogan runs for Maryland Senate seat. GOP hasn't won U.S. Senate contest in the, the state for decades. Um, I, I am not a fan of Larry Hogan, and uh, I'm going to – getting the argument from people. Hey, man, he's the lesser of two evils. He can win, you know, da-da-da. The problem is that Larry Hogan, in his eight years as the governor of Maryland, did not move the needle at all for the GOP in Maryland, and all he did was bed down with liberal Democrats. That's why the state is in such dire straits right now. And by the way, uh, I would also venture to say, if you believe and know in your heart, as I do, that there is voter fraud widespread across the country, you cannot believe that it doesn't exist in maryland (laughs) yeah there you go i know i said it out loud it's disinformation i guess whatever uh i am not a fan of larry hogan if you're going to say lesser of two evils i don't know what about james lankford what about what he did to sell out the country what about mitch mcconnell what he did to sell out the country bedded down with democrats what do you want what do you want the problem is the last time Uh, uh, It has been a couple of years since Dan Cox was defeated for governor. I I thought Dan Cox would be a good choice, but he's running for Congress, which is great. I love Dan Cox. Um, But as far as Larry Hogan is concerned, I'd like to see an America first candidate. I think an America first candidate could win in Maryland. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but I really do, because I think the people of Maryland, particularly the GOP, particularly you guys living in uh, you know, Howard County further south uh, uh, on, the, on the eastern shore and whatnot, the more agri- agrarian places around the state, northern, northern uh, Maryland up near Frederick, around that area, uh, I think that the, the people are sick of this nonsense. And I know that, like I said, Larry Hogan did nothing for the GOP, nothing for the GOP in the state of Maryland. All he did was play along to get along, and he ultimately betted down with the left. So, you know, we'll see what happens as far as uh, that. Could, that that You know, Republicans frequently use the uh, lesser of two evils thing, and, and aren't you kind of tired of evil altogether? I'm just saying. Maybe I'm being unrealistic. No, I'm not. I think people are kind of tired of it. Really, 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 really tired of it. So uh, Newsmax is doing a nationwide poll. Want to find out who you would like to see run as VP with Donald Trump? And they'll give you a host of, uh, you know, different options here. You know, maybe it's Ben Carson, maybe it's Ron DeSantis, maybe it's Tim Scott, maybe it's, uh, you know, Carrie Lake, who knows? Maybe it's Elise Stefanik. All you got to do is uh, just to go uh, text the word event to 39747, event to 39747. Remember Donald Trump needs uh, to know your opinion. Let your voice be heard Voight now voice uh, vote now, I should say event to three nine seven four seven there you go so obviously the whole everything changed yesterday yesterday the uh, the Biden classified documents case uh the summation of it came out Robert Hur, the person who was doing the investigating like a typical. Uh, by uh, appointee during the uh, the Biden administration, they're not going to um, charge him with anything. You know, they were going to try and do the same thing with uh, with uh, Hunter Biden, but a judge, an alert judge said, no, 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 no. You can't dismiss all of the possibility of criminality under a gun case. And that's why right now there is a case against Hunter Biden happening. But uh, this is a typical Democrat fashion, you know, throw together a little uh, investigation and slap the wrists, you know. Uh, we had a couple of uh, investigations with Donald Trump, came up with nothing, cost the taxpayers millions, $30, $40 million, the Mueller investigation all turned up nothing. This case turned up something, turned up the Donald Trump or, or Joe Biden. Oh, my God, I must have dementia. Joe Biden. Handled classified documents, top secret documents, had them in multiple locations, and then Robert Hur said, "Well, you know, the reason why we're not going to prosecute is because his brain is gone." This is uh, Mike Davis of the Article Three Project, one of my favorite commentators, talking about the double standard. And how does how does Merrick Garland explain that he's going to charge Trump for records he's allowed to have,
1: but not charge Biden for records that he stole?
0: Because Joe Biden's a Democrat. Duh you got people sitting in jail in Washington, D.C. for 1,100 days without a trial for walking into the Capitol and not damaging anything. Really? You, you've got, you know, literally the FBI going after CRT parents. You've got the FBI literally going after uh, conservative Catholics who go to, uh, who go to uh, uh, a Latin Mass. You, you've got the, uh, the, uh, the FBI and others in the Treasury Department looking at bank transactions at, uh, at Cabela's and Bass Pro, looking for words like MAGA and Trump and guns and Bibles. So please, give me a freaking break. If you think our Justice Department is not uh, ungodly corrupt, then, then, our, then our conversation is over. If you also think that Joe Biden has dementia, does not have dementia, then our conversation is over. Because I like to talk to people who are dealing in reality. And uh, and that, what I just said, is the reality. Hers report describes uh, Biden's memory in damning terms. The report uh, recounts a recorded 2017 conversation with Mark Zwanitzer, who helped Biden write two memoirs. Now, do you wonder why he didn't uh, campaign? Duh. Do you wonder why? I mean, I remember there was one. He literally was in the middle of the field wandering around, and they they brought him to the podium, and he did a speech. Nobody was there. Nobody showed up. But they kept him under wraps then. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. It's only gotten worse. That's why he's not committing to a debate, because his brain is gone. He couldn't even do a little presser last night at the White House, and his brain is gone. Mr. Biden recorded uh, conversations with Zwanisir in 2017. They're painfully slow. Biden struggling to remember events, straining at times to read and relay his notebook entries, which he does all the time. In his interview with the office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was the vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. If it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began in 20, 2009, am I still the vice president? Didn't remember even within years when his son Bo died. He also he misremembers how he died. He steals uh, valor for his son, saying that he died in Iraq. And I don't want to take that valor away from, from him because he seemed to be a really good, one of the only good Bidens, if not the only good Biden. He did serve honorably. I don't want to say that. But he didn't remember. It was uh, hazy when describing uh, the Afghanistan debate that was so, once so important to him. Among, uh, among other things, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinion with General Uh, Carl Eikenberry, when in fact Eikenberry was an ally whom Mr. Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Biden, blah, 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 or Obama, I should say. So this is Robert Hur's reason, and it's a defense, to not go after Joe Biden for charges that are much more egregious than the charges being uh, uh, charged against Donald Trump. Well, you know, we can't put him on trial because yeah, his brain is gone. It's like Robert. Remember Robert Mueller when he came back and he testified before Congress after doing that thirty million dollar waste of money to investigate uh, Donald Trump and Russia collusion and all that. And he was like, "Derby doo, derby doo." You know, couldn't and then just kind of like, "Yeah, you know, that his brain, his brain's gone." And it was it was pathetic and it was sad. This is Joe DeGenev, another one of my favorite commentators. I just love to listen to this guy talk. He's, he is just just listen, right? He was on Newsmax last night talking with Rob Schmidt talking about the 25th Amendment, which should be used, I mean, it should be, to remove Joe Biden from office. And here's what Robert
2: Herr should have done when he announced this decision today. He should have said the case against Donald Trump is similar, but it's less significant, and the case against Donald Trump should be dismissed. But he didn't do that. And Merrick Garland is not going to do that. This display by Robert Herr today of the incompetence, and may I say, I think the inability of the president of the United States to be rational and have a functioning memory is devastating. Even though her did not charge the president, he did charge the president. He charged the president with being incapable of serving as currently as president of the United States. He made the case for the invocation of the 25th Amendment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Duh. We have conversations like this every day in America. You're going to have it if you haven't had it with your parents. Maybe you already have. My kids are going to have a talk with me someday. Hell, they might do it next week. (laughs) (laughs) Dad, we think you should give up the radio show. (laughs) But you know Joe Biden uh, you know obviously all of the uh, the things that normally would propel a family member to uh, you know uh, to everybody to have a, a little intervention with uh, with Uncle Virgil or whoever uh, it ain't gonna happen with Joe Biden he's the president it, it really is it, it is uh maybe maybe I should be thankful it's bringing this conversation to the fore so we can have a conversation about this conversation <laughs> This is uh, Chris Landau last night talking about the 25th Amendment.
2: This president, if he is asking, am I still the vice president? Okay, if he's asking that question, he cannot possibly be faithfully executing his duties as president of the United States of America. This is exactly what the 25th Amendment is about. And you are right. We heard all about the 25th Amendment under Trump. It was a parlor game in Washington. That was a joke.
0: Now, by the way, Chris Lando's former uh, ambassador to Mexico.
2: This is actually what it's about. But let me tell you, as you know better than I, this will be buried. Nothing to see here, folks. Let's just move along. That's been their spin for years now. I don't necessarily think that will change. But at some point, the American people just have to say enough is enough.
0: The American people already have. The the American people already have. I talked about this this morning. I may not play a little sample of my video from uh, Instagram today. They already know it. We're witnessing uh, an amazing awakening in the country. We really are. You, you Maybe you don't feel it. I, I, I have a feeling you do. We're uncovering uh, a gigantic cache of, uh, of uh, absolute corruption we've never seen before in our lives, but it's unfolding right before us. And it involves not only the uh, the mainstream media, big social media, but the deep state we know now. that I mean, think about this. Uh, normally you could have just snapped your fingers. Oh, yeah, we got to send $60 million to Ukraine because rah-rah, you know, they're fighting for freedom and all that. And the American people said, uh, bleep that, right? I mean, they were going to do the same old, same old. They're just going to have secret behind-the-door me, meetings and, you know, in a smoky room or whatever. But not smoky, they vape now or something. But anyway. Uh, you know, and they were just going to, you know, don't, we will read it uh, after we pass it and all that. And the American people said, bull crap. And, and this is a, this is, it's, you start at the top of the mountain with a little snowball and it rolls. Right now that snowball is about the size of my house. And it's going to get bigger and it's going to get bigger. And I told you, years ago, he wasn't going to be the candidate because he would not be able to be the candidate and if you notice the, you know, the, the recent events where he went to the brewery and said derbity derbity derb and he's, you know, and all that. And he's walking around like a Roomba and he's saying that he's talking about, uh, uh, you know, uh, presidents of France who died in 1996 and twice about a chancellor of Germany who's no longer around. Uh, and, and that makes me kind of wonder if last night was a was a uh, political assassination. Uh, here's that uh, newt Ging- gingrich talking about the possibility of joe biden being the candidate completing the race
3: he will not be the democratic nominee uh the party will rebel and will figure out you can't possibly ask the country person <clears throat> who his own justice department says is mentally so incompetent <laughs> that it wouldn't be fair to try him <clears throat> Because he couldn't possibly know what he was doing. I mean, that—that's the essence of what they're saying. Well, if—if if that's true, how can he be commander in chief? How can he be dealing with Iran or Russia or China? Uh, I think this is a big, big problem, and should be a serious national debate. I don't know. Maybe well, maybe, we have,
0: uh, maybe uh, it's an excuse for uh, uh, people with mild dementia to rob banks and convenience stores because you could just like, oh, you know, my brain, you know, sorry, I remember what I was thinking when I. Rob that bank and convenience store. It's kind of like the old uh, dementia kicking in, I guess. <laughs> <sighs> I've got some great audio coming up from, uh, oh, uh, Elise Stefanik, uh, my favorite, uh, Stephen Miller. Woo-wee. Stephen Miller is uh, is amazing. We've got other things we want to get to as, as well. I want to give that Sonny Hostin, the race baiter, who constantly talks about reparations and how white people are racist. Last week she said all Americans were really racist and all that. Then she does a DNA thing, you know, finds out her genealogy. Not only were her ancestors slave owners, they were slave traders who moved from countries that made slavery illegal. <laughs> and brought their slaves with them. Oh my God, it couldn't be any better. 800-922-6680 this is the Rob Carson show. It's Friday. And I believe we have a brand new sponsor on the
3: show. Let's run the commercial. DHS Negotiator. Now, at DHS Negotiator, you don't have to negotiate at all. No, just pay whatever they want, because it's not our money. It belongs to the taxpayers. Illegals. We buy out entire hotels for illegals, but not for Americans who are homeless, sleep on the streets, or in a tent like Maui. Oh, yeah. New York City hotels, $500 a night for illegals? No problem. (laughs) Throw in an EBT card with $1,000 a month. Oh, yeah. So you can hit the town. Woo! Step over homeless people. Uh And walk right past the door to your beautiful hotel room. If you're illegal, of course. Of course. Enjoy the sights of New York City. Wow, look at that. Fun activities like robbing people with your moped gang or beating up police officers. No penalty, no bail. Just a slap on the wrist. That's DHS Negotiator. Shop, compare, steal. DHS Negotiator.
0: And it's brand new from uh, the great Jim Gossett. Jim Gossett, he is a, uh, he's a genius. And if you want to help him out on Patreon, go to uh, patreon.com uh, and look up Jim Gossett Comedy. Real sponsor. Real sponsor of the show. The response has been amazing. You know why? Because it's an amazing product. If you would have told me this product existed three years ago, I would have said, oh, hell yeah. Because our federal government, our CDC, our HHS told you how you could treat and how doctors could treat COVID. And there was only one way. It was, it was uh, ventilator or, uh, or vaccine. V or V. <laughs> you couldn't get uh, hydroxychloroquine, even though it worked all around the world. All around the world. Couldn't get uh, hydroxychloroquine. Couldn't get ivermectin. None of those. Because the government said no. And then the doctors who said those medicines worked like Dr. Peter McCullough, they were destroyed. So Dr. Peter McCullough, he said, okay, then I'll build the wellness company. And he did. And right now you can go on the wellness company website. You can fill out a questionnaire about your health, your allergies, et cetera, your needs. And they'll put together an emergency medical kit for you. Because who the hell knows what's going to happen this year? Honestly, you know it. Black Swan event. What the hell? Supply chains. I don't know. Maybe your CVS will get robbed blind like they do in San Francisco and New York. Here's the website if you want to get the emergency medical kit that I have. And you want to save 10%. TWC.health slash Carson. TWC.health Carson. Again, the wellness company, all of these, z pack Amoxicillin, among others, all of the things you're going to need in case things go south, or should I say when they go south, which I'm concerned about. Uh, Again, TWC.health slash Carson, Carson, Carson. Uh, Here is um, Seb Gorka, who's uh, just awesome, incredible insider, talking about the Presidential uh, Records Act and why Donald Trump should not be uh, guilty of anything while Joe Biden did much worse. The Presidential Records Act is clear. A president, if he wanted to,
4: my old boss could say, every document in the U.S. government is now mine. Yes, He gets to decide. And it's a civil act. It's not a criminal act. The president gets to decide, okay? None of that applies to Joe Biden. Joe Biden committed felonies with every single document he put into that busted Zappos box in his garage. Every single one is a felony that should end up with him in prison. And then, oh, the sweetness of it all. It's on my Twitter (laughs) feed right now. We have the letter that Jill Biden wrote to the special counsel's office saying, can you you – You've got to delete these passages about my husband not knowing what year he was (laughs) vice-president. What what do you
0: mean? What are you hiding? That your husband is senile? Yeah, yeah. But Jill Biden, she likes to be the first uh, ditz. I mean, lady, here she is on TV talking about it. Your husband
5: is 81. At the end of the second term, he'd be 86. As his life partner of 46 years, is there a part of you that is worried about his
6: age and health? can he do it he can do it and i see joe every day i see him out you know traveling around this country I, I, see his his vigor. I see his energy yes i see his passion
0: yes when he puts a lid on everything at nine in the morning yeah the passion the uh you know the fervor or the whatever <laughs> she puts his hand or her hand up his back and makes his mouth move like a ventriloquist dummy he's ready he's ready a little bit more on this. Want to talk about Sonny Hostin. Want to talk about what's going around the country with uh, black people really pissed off at the federal government, including uh, some celebrity sportscasters. We'll get to that in a second. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is not an EV. And it never will be. But if you have an EV, that's perfectly fine. Because they are uh, delightful commuter cars and golf carts. It's Friday, everybody. Here's the number, 800-922-6680. Corinne Jean-Pierre defending uh, Joe Biden's... uh, Mental decline.
6: What do you say then to Americans who have that concern, and they see three times in just a couple of days the president getting the name of a leader wrong and referencing somebody who is deceased? So look, again, as you just stated in your question to me, he sees dead people. I've, I just laid out um, other other leaders in their community or elected officials who have done the same. Uh, so it is not uh, uh, not uncommon. Look, as uh,
0: that's moral relativism. And that's what you use when you're losing an argument.
6: As it relates to... As it relates to well, everybody's got dementia. <laughs> what the American people feel or what the American people think. I yes. want to be really careful because you did ask me that question.
0: Yeah, well, 67% of... Before yesterday, believed that he was mentally impaired. Just 67% of all of us.
6: In in a context of the election, so I can't really speak to the election, uh, any upcoming election, but I can say this. This is a president that has had Here we go. a... A very successful three years. Really? When you look at the economy. When yeah, you... the
0: economy's crap. Uh, unemployment is a lie. The entire last year was lied about. Uh, if you think that uh, inflation's only been twenty percent since he started, uh, you're high. Look
6: at climate change. When you look at COVID,
0: climate change is nonsense. We're spending trillions of dollars on nothing.
6: All the crises that he had to deal with when he walked in. You mean
0: the ones he created
6: to this administration? That was done by
0: nobody believes you. Someone
6: who has experience understands relationship on the other side of the of uh, Pennsylvania, uh, understands what it means to bring... To-
0: and has been in Washington, D.C., and fixed nothing. There is that. He's been in Washington, D.C., and all of the problems the country had then, Social Security being bankrupt, uh, you know, Medicare being a mess, the VA being a mess, uh, Social Security being a mess, I can go on and on and on and on and on, have not been fixed. Have not been fixed. This is Victor Davis Hanson, who is, I mean... Fantastic. I want to. I want to just chill with Victor Davis Hansen. I really do. Uh, talking about um, you know Joe Biden's classified documents case, and then Jack Smith suddenly having to do the same thing for uh, for Donald Trump and the whole deal.
1: With the ascent of the Democratic Party, is that he's not qualified to teach a class, try a case, drive a truck plumber or wire a home but he he's is
0: talking about Joe Biden in case you didn't
1: know is capable of becoming president and staying president of the United States and doesn't speak to what his mindset was like as senator or vice president when he took these documents out yeah like, I, I, you know this is not a county prosecutor that has a limited budget and has to judge the viability of case this is one of the most important cases with unlimited resources and yeah. he's basically doing the James Comey uh, paradigm where I think this is what the jury might think but really it's his job as a prosecutor if he feels that he yes. is willfully guilty and he did yes to try to make that case to the jury Jack yes. Smith was appointed in mid-November and right before he was appointed suddenly after 15 years the Biden attorney said, oh, my God, we just discovered we had no idea that he had these classified files just a few weeks, a yes. few days yeah.
0: That's it. before
1: the prosecutor was going to be appointed to look at Trump. And they didn't want a symmetry or asymmetry, I should say. They, th- they didn't want any culpability.
0: Don't say the word symmetry around Joe Biden. He might think something bad. It's symmetry, not symmetry. Cemetery, which is where Democrats vote from. Um, here, here's the problem. This is what happens when you, when you want to go after someone politically versus someone has actually broken the law. And you are siding with the person who has broken the law. Uh, they said, okay, how can we go after Donald Trump? In February, they uh, uh, visited Mar-a-Lago. This is 2021. visited Mar-a-Lago. And said, hey, lock up those documents, it's cool. And then they raided him. And I believe that was November. And they were looking for a crime. They had nothing. You know, remember remember, Joe Scarborough? He's got nuclear secrets. He said it that way, because he's an idiot. It's nuclear. Uh, you know, he's got nuclear secrets. And, uh, and there was nothing. And there was nothing. And there was nothing. So they had to raid his home. Find something, twist uh, jurisprudence around what they found, create something to create a case that they could charge him with. Same way with January the 6th, they, they this uh, disrupting of a, of a uh, congressional hearing charge that came from Sarbanes-Oxley. Never been used before, but ha-ha, we can use it against those people. We can use it against them. Meanwhile, Joe Biden has broken the law. I mean, it is so unbelievable. that It should result in him being in jail the rest of his bloody life. But <laughs> Robert Hur decided, well, you know, I mean, honestly, he's so mentally uh, gone, it wouldn't make any difference to a jury. Dude, do you realize how just stupid this is? I told you months ago, maybe a year ago, every day the Democrats wake up in a, slop, a flop. A blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Try it again. You've got dementia. No, flop sweat. Don't even know what a flop sweat is. But you know what I'm talking about. They wake up every day and go, dear God in heaven, Joe Biden is our president and Kamala Harris is the VP. We're bleeped. So now what do we do? We have to take down our opponent any way, shape, or form because we're screwed. And also, the American people don't side with us because we're terrible. We're terrible and we're corrupt and we're awful people and we steal elections and we censor speech and we, we weaponize the DOJ against people, including our political opponents and the people. So what do they do? Well, they've got to twist around the law to go after people. They'll find something. That's why they hired the 87,000 IRS agents. That's why they look at, uh, you know, the transactions for business. We, uh, did you go to Cabela's? Did you go to uh, did it a Bass Pro? Uh, did you use Tea Party in the name of your 501c3? Huh? Let's go after you. <laughs> That's what they do. That's what they do, and they've been doing it a long time. But this time, they've been caught with their uh, with their pants around their ankles, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I got to play a little Stephen Miller because he's so freaking cool and so good, Stephen Miller. He's just, he's like, uh, yeah. here, here he is talking about uh, Joe Biden and the fact that Robert Hur said that he is too mentally impaired, to be held accountable for the laws he broke. The Department of Justice effectively said that Joe Biden
2: is less mentally fit and capable than the average inmate in San Quentin. That you could go to any federal prison in the country, pick any random inmate, drug dealer, murderer, anybody there, and they would be more mentally capable than the president of the United States of America. It is a very low bar to be ruled mentally fit for trial. That very low bar. The most retirees in most retirement communities all across the country can meet. The president of the United States does
0: not meet. Yeah, but you know what? They have no shame, so they're willing to accept that. It's like, oh, my God, okay, I think we got an out here. I think I know it's going to make us look terrible, but it's the only out we have. Let's just say he has dementia. Oh, wait. Wait. <laughs> Here's, uh, here's a little bit more with uh, Stephen, uh, Stephen Miller talking about Joe Biden confusing the leader of Mexico with the president of Egypt. When he thinks the president of Egypt is the president of Mexico,
2: he went on TV live tonight and talked about opening up humanitarian gateways from Mexico to the Gaza Strip. Do you know how demented and deranged that
0: sounds? A man shouted angrily. around? And won't those Chinese illegals be surprised when they wake up in Gaza? ...porters accosted them, <laughs> screamed at them, and then he said, oh, let's
2: talk about the president of Mexico, El Sisi, and our plan for Gaza relief. This is a PR catastrophe for the White House, but it is a national security catastrophe, Jesse, for the United States of America. Can
0: you imagine how confusing a dinner party would be at Joe Biden's house? You go there, you're expecting fajitas, and you get tabbouleh, you get hummus, I mean, what? The what, really? Those pictures you showed
2: are the least secure handling and storing of classified information. No, oh, this is
0: great Mexican
2: food, the sasparan rice with the lamb skewers. ...ever seen in my life. <laughs> Donald Trump stored the records based on consultation <laughs> with the Department of Justice and the National Archives. That's true. Records that he as president has the absolute right to maintain, to control, That's to true. declassify. Yep. That's an un mitigating. He could wallpaper his house with them. Right. Of the president of the United States. Joe Biden had no such right. Joe Biden was vice president, not president. He was senator, not president when he stole these records, when he purloined these records. And yet and yet he is not being prosecuted. And we know why he's not being prosecuted, because this system is rigged, Jesse. It's rigged in the same way that Black Lives Matter can torch buildings and kill people and ruin lives. But pro-life protesters, they get thrown in the slammer. It's rigged. Because if you are on the right team, if you're on the Democrat team, you can commit any crime and you will be shielded. And if you're on the wrong team, you're the Republican team. And certainly for Donald Trump, no matter how innocent
0: you are, you will be railroaded. Yes, but just like the great Coliseum, the, uh, the facade of the Democrat Party is beginning to crumble.
3: Time to use 2525. 25.
0: This is Jim Gossett.
3: If Biden's still alive, <laughs> this country can't survive.
0: There is questions about whether he's really alive. Invoke 25.
3: Or is he animatronics like a Disney
0: World? Or Chuck E. Cheese, actually. More like Chuck E. Cheese.
3: Time to use Amendment 25. 25. 25. Joe's competence, it just took a dive. Robert Hur says he's too old to stay. (laughs) Use 25 and send Joe away. Bye-bye. The 25th Amendment does apply. Joe Biden's lost. He's a senile guy. (laughs) If he's too old to prosecute, as president, he should get the boot. You think? They must invoke (laughs) Amendment 25. There's no way America can thrive with Joe Biden as our president. To a home he should be sent. Time to use 25, 25, 25. if Joe You know, Biden I uh,
0: came up with that song parody idea this morning, and, and I hated to do it because I hate that song. And it's uh, the worst one-hit wonder of all time. Sorry if you really like that, that song, Boomers. I know the, the baby boomers in the audience are like, but I like that song. It's by Zager and Evans and all that. Uh, you know, and it's a Freedom Rock song. <laughs> but I really, I hated to say, okay, God darn it, why don't we, 25th of May. oh, God, we can do 25-25, I guess. And, of course, Jim Gossett, Knocked it out of the ballpark. You know, that's what he does. That's what he does. I want to change real quick here to this, uh, this Colorado case. So, you know, the Democrats are so desperate using lawfare. They, uh, they, the Colorado Supreme Court, which they look like complete buffoons right now, decided they just, you know, take, uh, Donald Trump off the, uh, off of the ballot in, in Colorado, out of desperation, uh, even though Donald Trump obviously uh, never committed an insurrection. There's no insurrection at all. And I would venture to say there wasn't really a riot. It was caused by people in the crowd flying, firing flash bang grenades into the uh, into the crowd. And uh, yeah, it just, that's just the way it is. That's just true, by the way. Here's, a, here's actually, I'll play this. This is Tucker Carlson talking about it. This is what I said about January the 6th on January the 7th.
7: January 6th was fraudulent. I watched that happen. I was not in Washington when it happened. I saw it on television. One of my children worked in that building and called me and said this was happening. I instantly knew there was lying. I instantly I had no idea where it was coming from. Here's all I would say about it. If something happens in your country or in your life and your gut tells you there's something wrong with the explanation I'm getting, trust your gut doesn't mean that you understand what actually happened. I still don't understand what actually happened. It was a setup, you can say that conclusively. Yeah. Who did it? It hard to know. I knew right away that what they were telling me on NBC News and CNN and all the rest of the liars in my country was false. I could feel it and I never wavered in my belief that they were lying to me and now we know for a fact it's been documented that they were. So my advice to you would be if you feel something is deceptive. You were given these instincts at birth. There's nothing more reliable than your intuition. It's not trying to sell you anything. It's not trying to hurt you. It's trying to save you. So don't ignore it.
0: Yeah. Do you know when I say um, because I'm not stupid, it's based on a number of things. Intuition originally, then research, and then common sense, and then life experience. And that leads me to my conclusions, which generally are way ahead of the other talk show hosts. This is Clarence Thomas yesterday uh, talking, uh, confronting uh, the attorney representing Colorado. Not the people of Colorado, just the partisan hacks of Colorado who want to take Donald Trump off the ballot.
4: Uh, the, The concern was that the former Confederate states would continue being bad actors. And the effort was to prevent them from doing this. And you're saying that, well, this also authorized states to disqualify candidates. So what I'm asking you for, if you are right, what are the examples? Well, Your Honor, the examples are states excluded
0: many. Whoa, 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 states? We need to know when it happened nationally
2: candidates for state office individuals holding state offices We have
4: a number of published cases of of states. I understand that. I I understand the states controlling state uh, elections and state positions. What we are talking about here are national candidates Uh, the I understand Uh, you look at Foner or Foot, Shelby Foote, or really? McPherson, they all talk about, of course, the conflict after the Civil War. And there were people who felt very strongly about uh, retaliating against the South, yep. the radical Republicans. Uh, but they did not think about authorizing the South to disqualify national candidates. Ding, ding. And that's the argument you're making, and what I would like to know is you give, is uh, do you have any examples of And this? he
0: didn't. Uh, we'll take a break and come back. More audio from the Supreme Court on the way. This is the Rob Carson Show. So Colorado, uh, ultimately their Supreme Court will look like complete unconstitutional buffoons and, and it's good because, you know, all of these dominoes are falling because they're, they are, it's karma. All right, all of this is, is karma because uh, uh, it's bullcrap. All of these cases against Donald Trump are bullcrap. And look what fools they are looking like right now. Look at what buffoons they're looking like. You know, Fani Willis looks like a complete buffoon, mostly because she is. The Jack Smith case now with, uh, with the absurdity of, uh, of the Joe Biden classified documents case yesterday saying there's enough there to put him behind bars forever. But nobody would want to, you know, would never go to a jury because they feel sorry for him because he, he is uh, incompetent. You see what idiots they look like? I, I love this. This is why you should be joyful because they are doing everything they can. They die like movie vampires. Democrats die like movie vampires, grasping, clawing, doing anything they can to drag you into hell. But you're not going. In this case, in Colorado, uh, from Colorado is the same damn thing, and and they're saying maybe eight to one, uh, may, hopefully nine to zero. The Supreme Court saying this is bullcrap. This is this is just using the law to get your uh, your political opponent off the ballot when you can't win because your your party is so intellectually and morally bankrupt. Here is uh, Elena Kagan. She's a libtard uh, talking about uh, why would we let one de- state decide uh, who everybody should vote for? I maybe
3: and- put. Most boldly, I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. In other words, you know, this question of whether a former president is disqualified for insurrection uh, to be president. It's
0: nice that at least maybe the Supreme Court is not as corrupt as Judge Ingeron's court or, or Alvin Bragg or Letitia James or Fonnie Willis. Because they're already done. I mean, those people are done. They're in the tank. This is uh, Judge Roberts.
8: If Colorado's uh, position is upheld, surely there will be disqualification proceedings on the other side. And some of those will succeed. Some of them will have different standards of proof. Some of them will have uh, uh, different rules about uh, evidence.
0: But the Democrats only care about this moment to hell with everything else all they care about is getting rid of donald trump
8: maybe the senate report won't be accepted in others because it's hearsay uh, maybe it's beyond a reasonable doubt whatever in very quick order i would expect um although my predictions have never been correct uh, i would expect that uh you know a goodly number of states will say uh, whoever the democratic candidate is yep. you're off the ballot Bye-bye. and others Uh, For the Republican candidate, you're off the ballot. It'll come down to just a handful of states that are going to decide the presidential election. That's a pretty daunting consequence.
0: I love it when Democrats throw everything they can at you and they get shot down, not even in a blaze of glory, in the words of of, uh, Bon Jovi. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. All right, final hour of the show right ahead. We're going to talk about Sonny Hostin, the biggest race baiter on television, finding out that her ancestors were slave traders. Uh, We've also got, oh, oh, I don't know if you do this, Tucker Carlson interviewed uh, the leader of Russia, You you know, that Putin guy. We'll share some of that as well. This is the Rob Carson Show, back in a couple. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. Last hour of The Rob Carson Show. We have we have a lot of stuff to get to. And uh, remember that, uh, that, that poll that was done a couple weeks ago by ABC that said uh, 69% of the American people don't believe that Joe Biden is uh, mentally and physically fit to be the... Uh, the Prezi, well, that, that number's gone up. <laughs> so we're going to get to that. Oh, by the way, um, Donald Trump is going to be on Newsmax live tomorrow, uh, 1 o'clock. He's doing a South Carolina uh, speech, and we're going to cover it live. Uh, Joe Pinyon is going to be there. Joe's a, he ran uh, for Congress in uh, New York. He's a personality on Newsmax. He's a hell of a guy. Oh, my God. Joe. Joe is. Awesome. Um, anyway, 1 o'clock special coverage is going to be starting tomorrow, Eastern Standard Time. Then you can watch my show later, Rob Carson's What in the World, which is on at 8 o'clock. And uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. Tomorrow's show is off the hook. I mean, just like, I don't know. It's, it, it's funny because I do the show, and I write the script, and I choose all the video clips for the show. And and I so I write around them and go to the clip, and everything that I say in the clip is improvised so you get a kind of a snapshot of the hamster wheel between my ears and it's um i think you're really going to enjoy it i think you're going to do a spit take you're going to do a guffaw Uh, i'm able to say things with this show that others are afraid to because i'm using mockery and ridicule and it's, it's a really smart show. I'm proud of the show. I'm really, really proud of the show. And uh, if you want to uh, watch tomorrow on Newsmax, like I said, 8 o'clock Eastern, you could become a Newsmax Plus member, which is really cool because you're helping out the most trusted, really, the, like the most trusted name in news right now, if you're conservative, is Newsmax. That's why our ratings are up 112% in primetime from last year. <laughs> Fox is down like 30%, we're up 112 That should be telling you something. So go to NewsmaxPlus.com, NewsmaxPlus, PLUS.com, and, and sign up. It's about as, It costs about as much as a cup of coffee at Starbucks a month. So come on. A whopping, are you ready, sit down for this. 89% of Americans have concerns to varying degrees that Joe Biden lacks the physical and mental health for a second term. But you're imagining that. He doesn't have dementia. Uh, Paul published this week, actually. Oh, my God, it wasn't even before yesterday. Holy hell, it's going to go up. Yeah. Uh, 62% have major concerns. This is the entire population. 62% of all of us have major concerns about his physical and mental health. All right? Another 14 have moderate. So what is that, 76% at seventy-six have uh, uh, very, very major or moderate concerns, 13% expressed minor concerns. But they're probably, you know, not plugged in, not paying attention like so many people are. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people are very concerned, and, and they should be concerned for a reason, because his brain... As my friend Chris Plant likes to say, she's a broke. <laughs> she's a broke she's a broke. it's funny it's funny. um oh this is this is funny. this is Jeffrey Tubin he's the guy who uh, who likes to go to and uh, when he's on zoom calls with other people. Jeffrey Tubin, uh, I guess he used to work for the New York Times, but he caught uh, he got caught uh how do I put this? weed whacking on uh, on on a zoom call like I mean really, who does that It's like I'm on a zoom call, and I, I mean. Listen, I don't particularly enjoy Zoom calls. Uh, uh, you know, I have a Zoom call with my boss and my, my producer every week. I don't mind that at all. But, yeah, I would never think of, you know, oh boy, I tell you what, I've been a little stressed lately. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it under the desk. And just, what, the, what the what? What the what? the what? And he's on CNN still. Uh, here, here he is. He's complaining that the mental health stuff was in this report about the classified documents from Robert Hur. Uh, Robert Hur was offering the, this was the only thing he could think of to clear Joe Biden of the charges that should put him in jail the rest of his life. But, uh, but, uh, Jeffrey Tubin decided, and I believe both of his hand, his elbows are on the table. Thank God. Um, that, uh, that, that stuff was not necessary in the report.
9: ...at her put in some of that stuff in this report. That had no place in that. There is no reason why this report had to be 300 pages. It was to exonerate him. ...100 pages. There is no reason why this fairly straightforward... Why
0: did Robert Mueller's report have 400 pages and not show anything and cost $30 million? ...had to be
9: treated this way. And the, uh, I mean, this was just like what James Comey did to Hillary Clinton when he supposedly cleared her of the use of classified information
0: and then she wiped her servers clean and destroyed 36,000 subpoenaed emails talked about how reckless and terrible she was,
9: you know, pro
0: I don't see your elbow on the table there, Jeffrey, get it back up there.
9: Job of prosecutors is to put up or shut up. If you have a case, bring your case. If you don't have a case, shut the hell up or say as little. Do you think he's playing politics? I absolutely do. You know, Merrick Garland picked a Republican prosecutor, a, someone who worked for Donald Trump, I don't know why Merrick Garland chose him. Democrats seem... No,
0: because you'd rather just have a sycophant, uh, you know, uh, immediately give him a pass. ...to have this
9: idea that if they pick Republicans for these tough jobs, they'll get some credit for it. It didn't work with James Comey, appointed by a Democrat, it didn't work
0: um, with her. And I think this... Why aren't you talking about the uh, the cases where Donald Trump was investigated as nauseum, and tens of millions of dollars were spent to show nothing happened? Why not there, Jeffrey Tubin, Or is it tube steak? Not sure. Not sure exactly. Uh, here is uh, Joe DeGeneva again. But this is going to be nine to nothing, and it should be. Oh, that's the wrong kind. It's not so, that's the Colorado case. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Uh, This is Eli Honig on CNN uh, talking about how Biden was thrown under the bus.
7: International affairs to war plans, to foreign relations. He knew it. He knew it. He's on tape after he's out of the vice presidency saying to his autobiographer, the classified documents are in the basement. He knew it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Here is uh, Mark Thiessen. When you think about the... uh, the president of the United States and then supposedly seven years ago he was so demented. He couldn't remember, you know, all sorts of things. Uh, his son's death or whatever, you know, what all of these things. And Mark Thiessen puts it in perspective about other decisions that he was making at the time or, or after like in 2020, if his brain was that gone in 2017, imagine how it affected other decisions like I don't know the withdrawal from Afghanistan
2: what are his meetings with world leaders like what are his meetings with his national security advisors like you know he he told us after the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal that no one told him to uh, to leave 2500 troops as a residual force and then his military commanders testified that he had they had they had all told him that we needed to leave 2500 troops behind in Afghanistan was he
0: lying or did he actually not know did you just hear that did you just hear what he said? Listen to it again. What are his meetings with
2: world leaders like? What are his meetings with his national security advisors like? You know, he, he told us after the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal that no one told him to, uh, to leave 2,500 troops as a residual force. And then his military commanders testified that he ha- they had, they had, they had all told him that we needed to leave 2,500 troops behind in Afghanistan. Was he lying or did he actually
0: not know? Wow. That's certainly an interesting twist, possibly a defense for the indefensible, which was the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal with the $85 billion worth of military hardware left to the terrorists with the hundreds of thousands of women whose lives are over in Afghanistan. You don't think about that, do you? Why isn't a national organization for women screaming about this? Instead of just saying that women should be able to, should have to compete with men in sports. Men dressed up like women. What about the millions of little girls in Afghanistan who dreamed of going to school that's gone? And now they're being uh, sold to the highest bidder at 11 years old, married to these these, uh, a-holes, you know, tribal leaders over there. It, it, It is remarkable. It is remarkable what the Democrat Party, who they will sell out, who they will sell out. Particularly women, women, you, you women, by the way, you are nothing more than an abortion recipient uh, or a uh, 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 an abortion um, supporter. That's all you are to Democrats. Doesn't matter. Uh, women could, or men can compete with you. Beat the snot out of you. Take your daughter's, uh, uh, you know, scholarship, ruin her athletic career. That's perfectly fine. But abortion, but abortion, yeah. kind of funny. Not really funny, actually. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. Here's something. Speaking of awful, uh, awful people. Sunny Hosted. Sunny Hosted is a, a race baiter supreme. She's a spoiled, entitled uh, child who has spent her entire life uh, clearly uh, privileged. All right. Um, I'm going to tell you. And I can I say that? I can say this because I grew up poor. I grew up bullied. I grew up uh, uh, having to bust my ass from you know 11 years old in farm fields, uh, working for nothing. Um, you know, I could go on and get got government cheese when I was, uh, you know, I was a gift. You know, it was unbelievable when I was, you know, in, in elementary school, and uh, and went through all, just, I mean, a lot of hell. Uh, and, and and somehow I'm uh, I'm privileged, right? It's like Sonny Hostin says, you know, all the countries, America is racist. Well, I hate to tell you this, but farmers who feed your rear end are aren't racist. They don't care who they're feeding, and and I get so sick and tired of her nonsense casting aspersions on the country as racist. And that's what this is what leftists do. They, they think the worst of you and me. They've created this uh, out of whole cloth that America is 1957 all over again, the Democrat Jim Crow South, and it's nonsense. My generation left racism behind. But there's still racism. Of course there is. There's also racism in France. Believe it or not, in France, there's racism in mexico there's racism Uh, you know in africa there's racism if you watch african television you're saying you're in nigeria and you're watching the evening news you're going to sit there and you're going to go where are all the white people you know i mean please Uh, in china in china i've used this this before you ever look at the chinese olympic teams they're all chinese it's just stupid. So when uh, Sonny Hostin decided to, and this is just, it's the, the word that I like to use is delicious. It's just delicious that one of the worst race baiters who always thinks the worst of people just because of the color of their skin finds out after espousing things like reparations for something that happened 170 years ago that we weren't involved in. And there is no institutional racism in America. Are there racists? Yes. Is there institutional racism? No. There isn't. Unless you consider affirmative action. And what they do at Harvard with excluding white people and Asians when they're trying to apply. That's all-out racism. But here is Sunny Hostin breaking the news that her ancestry is steeped in not only slave ownership, but the slave Trade. Oh, it's just, as I said, uh, delicious.
5: You know, I was really reluctant. I don't know how you felt when you did it, Whoopi, but I was really reluctant to do it because I just sensed that there could be something in my family history that would be um, disappointing.
0: Clearly, clearly, uh, uh, intelligence is not uh, a big part of your history. I'm assuming you'd, you'd find out that a good share of your uh, your relatives and your ancestors were complete morons. Is that what you're talking about?
5: Um, negative. Negative, yes. I thought I was going to have that kind of moment. And Skip had asked me to do it for a long time. And I finally decided to do it because I thought it would be helpful for my children and my children's children to mm-hmm. know what their real, real history mm-hmm. was, course, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, but what so. I found out what was that my mother's family while um they are puerto rican they actually originate from spain and
0: Espana
5: the reason that they moved to puerto rico is because the sla- my name
0: is Enrico montoya you killed my father prepared to die
5: slave trade mm-hmm. had been sort of canceled in spain and then curacao and then they moved all of their slaves to puerto rico mm-hmm.
0: and so the business So wait, wait, wait. hold on hold on a second so they were all sorts of slavey and they had lots and lots of the slaves in Spain, and then they made Spain, uh, you know, slave-free, and so the family decided rather than getting out of the slave trade, they would just move to a place where slavery was still allowed and bring their slaves. As the slave trade really? had been... I guess there were built-in
5: movers. sort I don't of know, canceled in Spain, and then Curacao, and mm. then they moved all of their slaves to Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the biz- the family business, I have been told <laughs> that they were printers and journalists, no, but they, they were, aren't. in fact, no. enslavers. They were all
0: sorts of slavery. There you go. Isn't that just beautiful? That's karma. That's karma, kids. That's what it is. I love it. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. Thinking about doing some cooking this weekend, I think. I enjoy enjoy the process. I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, I really enjoy the process. I've been cooking since I was... Fifteen. I was hired illegally at the time at a at a truck stop as a fry cook. I was like SpongeBob, <laughs> and and uh, it was on I eighty outside of uh, Neola, Iowa. And and I just wanted to I wanted to stop working in farm fields. I was just I was tired of it. I was like, so the only job like near was the truck stop. And I said, okay, and I, I started cooking there. And it, and it got to the point where uh, people would call the truck stop and say, "Is Rob working?" And then they'd come out and have uh, breakfast or lunch or everywhere, and I got very good at it. And so uh, I enjoy it. Um, and I flirted with like doing uh, cooking shows and stuff. I did a cooking podcast for a while, uh, and and I and I realized this is what I deser- This is where I belong, right here. This uh, comedy uh, politics um all of that and, but I do continue the cooking and I and I share it with people because food brings us together right we can disagree on politics we won't disagree on ribs unless you're a vegan and if that means and that means you have a, an eating disorder that's one of my expressions that I use so I'm going to cook this weekend I think I'm going to do uh I don't know my son's coming over tonight um I don't know maybe uh maybe a steak I don't know uh I, what I want to I just want to Do this, all right, the next time you do a steak, okay, or even a burger, get some mushrooms, slice them up, throw them in a pan, butter, uh, garlic, um, and red wine, cook it down a little bit, a little salt, pepper, boom, put it on the burger, put it on the steak. Just just try it, just try it. And I will share on my social media if I do cook, and, and I do it because it gives me a chance to talk to you about cooking also talk about it. if I want to comment about something funny or whatever or something going on in the politics check it out I think you'd uh, I think you'd enjoy it. I want to share this sound clip from Greg Kelly's last night show on Newsmax and, and 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 I just really enjoy Greg and and Greg uh, he is very I don't know how to say it he's got a style that is uniquely Greg Kelly it just is he's a if you if you've ever met him he's like an insane genius he's not insane but he's a genius he really is and, and I just like his take. He's, he's like nobody I've ever known before. I, I really enjoy it. Here's what he had to say last night about, uh, about this uh, uh, documents case with Joe Biden and him being exonerated from criminality because his brain is broken.
7: This report from the special counsel, Mr. Hur, is an apocalyptic takedown of Joe Biden and any shred of his integrity, ability, decency, judgment, it annihilates all of it, all of it. And Joe, who at one point so gleefully pointed his finger at Donald Trump, and he still does it in desperation, he's guilty of what he accused his enemy of all along.
0: That's well, very well played. Very, very well played on behalf of Greg uh, Kelly. I'm going to play this again because I've only played
3: it Time once. Time to use 2525. 25, if Biden's still alive. Special guest coming up. This country can't survive Stephen A Smith coming up Invoke 25
0: Not to guess, but what he had to say
3: about Democrats. is time to use Amendment 25. Bye-bye, Joe. Joe's competence, it just took a dive. (laughs) Robert Hur says he's too old to stay. 89%. Use 25 and send Joe away. Think he's broken. The 25th Amendment does apply. Joe Biden's lost. He's a senile guy. Oh, yeah. If he's too old to prosecute President Booby Pants As president, he should get the boot They must invoke Amendment 25 There's no way America can thrive With Joe Biden as our president to a home he should be sent. Whoa! Time to use twenty-five, twenty-five. 25. Okay. If Joe Biden, he uh, you
0: is can check still out the podcast Biden. if you'd like to hear all of these uh, these song parodies. If you'd like to hear the uh, the commentary, the guests that we have on the show. We take the show every day and we divide it up into two uh, segments and we put it up. It's on all the uh, Spotify and whatnot. My, my producer Ken was talking to two of his uh, two maintenance dudes who were helping him out at his house in uh, in Arkansas. And they were like, oh, yeah, we listen to Rob Carson all the time. We don't even have an affiliate down there. And they love the show. So if you want uh, listings where you can go and find the podcast, go to slash listen. Coming up Isabel Brown the author of The Alpha The End of the Alphabet How Gen Z Can Save America. I want to hear what she has to say from a Gen Xer. On the way, don't go anywhere. I have been looking forward to this interview. Uh, isabel brown has written a book called uh, the end of the alphabet how gen z can save america um i have been saying that gen x needs to say, save america and will but maybe we can come together and do it together we're gonna go tag team wrestling or something i don't know and anyway i don't know if isabel likes the sound of that but anyway she joins us on the newsmax hotline hello isabel welcome to the show
10: thank you so much for having me rob so excited to be here
0: Absolutely. Uh, you know, I've, um, I'm a Gen Xer. I've got two Gen Z, uh, 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 you know, grown kids. Uh, my daughter is 18. My son is 24. And, uh, and I'm, I'm very interested in the emerging Gen Z culture because Gen Z is reaching adulthood now. You guys have been through a crap show. Uh, when you look at, honestly, I mean, considering COVID, for instance, yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I, I, I oddly enough, I, I mean, I thought Gen Z, like if you would have told me six or eight years ago, I said, oh, you know, Gen Z's toast, they're woke, they're all of this. But I think that COVID and the abuses that Gen Z went through maybe brought Gen Z together. I'd love your thoughts on that. And then I'd like to talk about some other some other areas about being a Gen Z-er. So if you would, please, I'd love to hear.
10: Well, you're right on the money, Rob. You know, most people have written off Gen Z, especially older individuals on the political right, particularly in positions of power as socialist, blue-haired, crybaby leftists that have no (laughs) place in fighting for the future of Western civilization. And the truth is we have no reason to have anything but hope for Gen Z coming into adulthood. A recent study came out a few months ago that Gen Z young men who are age 17, seniors in high school, are the most conservative we've seen since the 1950s, more than 70 percent of them wildly conservative. And at large, our generation has been found on an issue by issue basis to be the most conservative generation America has seen since World War Two. We often get blamed for ending life as we know it in America and that our culture is facing this doomsday ticking clock. But if you look around at how broken our culture has become with up is down and down is up, and men are women and women are men, that hookup culture is rampant, pornography is quite normal for teenagers, that you're finding all of these books in middle school and high school uh, and even elementary schoolers and many, many other broken aspects of society. My hypothesis is that the end of life as we know it might actually be the saving grace for Western civilization, with yeah. the embracing traditional values in a New Age way
0: you know and it and 's interesting and I, and I know why young men are feeling this way it 's because they 're tired of being told that masculinity is toxic they 're tired of being told that everything they do is wrong uh, they are tired of being told that they 're racist they are tired of being divided and all of this nonsense they are now there are a lot of younger women gen Z women who who when you when you look at teenage uh, girls um, particularly they they tend to be a little more uh subject to social contagion and that's what we saw with the uh, the people in power taking advantage of of kids uh during covid to do things like push if you feel lonely if you feel this or you feel that you clearly are in the wrong body i think that is beginning to backfire majorly as people begin to recognize the horror of it you know would you agree
10: That's absolutely correct, and it goes even beyond just gender transition, although that's perhaps the biggest social contagion affecting young women today. But I talk a lot in my content about hormonal birth control, about hookup culture, about the abortion industry and the lies that are being told to elementary, middle, and high school women that uh, there's a fail-safe problem for them in society when it comes to unexpected pregnancy. They can just walk down to their local Planned Parenthood and we'll hand you some hormones and testosterone while we're at it. But interestingly, in 2021, one in three teenage girls in America seriously contemplated taking her own life, which tells me there is something rampantly wrong with how we're approaching young women in our hyper-leftist, hyper-modern feminist. And upside down culture that we are living in today. The good news is, I see young women and men alike waking up to these lies every day. I see women quitting their hormonal birth control, telling the abortion industry to shove it, deleting their dating apps, and just looking for a sense of something to hold on to for a sense of purpose in society again.
0: Can I can I give you my my hypothesis? Um, I think that. You know, like my daughter, uh, her freshman year in high school, the second half of her freshman year was completely canceled. There was no replacement. There was no online learning. It was gone. She couldn't see any of her friends for nearly a year. Uh, they did go back to school on a hybrid level. They they A lot of these kids missed everything. They missed their senior years. They missed their, their championship basketball game. They missed their dances. They missed, uh, you know, I was, for instance, I was in speech and music, and they all missed their competitions and everything. They missed each other, too. And, and after all of this has gone through, all of this nonsense that they went through, they're recognizing the value of human contact, of relationships. They're more valuable than anything in your life. And I think that is a driving force with Gen Z. Uh, what do you think?
10: It sure is. And it's propelling us to make some really big decisions to reach that human connection again. You know, COVID was interesting because it didn't just put our education through a screen on Zoom, but our jobs have been online on Zoom for several years. Our dating is online through Tinder and hookup apps and all kinds of crazy stuff on the Internet. Our intimacy is online through the pornography industry, our entertainment, every aspect of culture we've been watching through a screen. And I think we're longing for this bigger sense of authenticity again, especially in making a better world. I read something the other day that 75% of our generation genuinely believes we have the capacity to change the world for the better. And you might roll your eyes at that and say that's a hyper-idealistic young way of thinking, but I think it's a powerful first step. For our generation to take in reclaiming what Western civilization used to look like to give us hope to move forward again when often everything seems artificial, hyper-edited, and hopeless through all of the crazy insanity we're watching is it, on the internet. What is
0: it, listen, what is it like? Because, you know, the porn culture was nothing like it is now. When I was a kid, if you got a Playboy, you know, it was a big deal. I know that makes me sound like an old uh, whatever, but but, I mean, what is it like growing up in a culture where you can get any kind of disgusting filth on your phone what's it like with men who've been exposed to that their entire uh, adolescence what what is that I need to know cuz I can't relate to it I can't uh, relate being being exposed to such graphic I mean mind-bendingly bad crap like gen z has been
10: question yeah i think a lot of gen x parents are starting to feel so unaware of how bad this has gotten for their kids but they're starting to wake up just like you a nationally representative survey of u.s teens showed that 85 percent of 14 to 18 year old men and almost 60 percent of 14 to 18 year old women have viewed pornography there are alarming statistics about how often this is being searched on the internet and they say that the average age of exposure to illicit content for young men today is 10 to 12 years old. So I think a lot of parents, especially in the conservative realm and in the American church in particular, have kind of closed their eyes to it, imagining that their children will be shielded from this. But the truth is it's on Twitter, it's on YouTube, it's on all of our major social media platforms. You never know where you might get exposed to it next and it's really distorted the value of in-person human intimacy and connection again, and distorted our view of love. But as I said before, I have a lot of hope for Gen Z wanting to break free from that. There's a lot of powerful actors who have left the adult film industry, making big names for themselves on social media to help people break free of it. There's a huge resurgence of the church today in America. In 2021, only a quarter of Gen Zers said that they believed in a higher power, but by the end of last year, over a third of us say that we now believe in God. So there's a sense it. of wanting something better than what we have presented on a silver platter in front of us right now. And we're willing to fight for it.
0: You know, it's interesting as a Gen Xer, um, uh You know, I always, I was like, I ran from marriage. I mean, there was a marrying, marrying at 19 or marrying at 22. Uh, You know, my wife got married at 22 right out of college. She was married for about a year. We used to call it a starter marriage because, you know, when you're, when you, when you get married that young, you know, it's never going to work out and all that. Yet I've got a daughter who's 18 years old, who's been with her boyfriend going on three years. She loves him. They enjoy time together. She does not do social media. Uh, you know, one of the greatest sounds a father can hear is like, Wednesday night. I'll say, you know, the, both of them will be in the house, and I'll say, where are you guys going? And my daughter will go, duh, we're going to church. We do it every week. I'm like, oh, thank you. And I sign the cross, and I get on my knees, and I'm like, thank you, God. But, but it is. It, it, and, and another thing that I admire my daughter and, and her boyfriend is they love the the masculinity and femininity because there is beauty to both of them there is nothing wrong with being embracing the good side of masculinity there's nothing lo- wrong so many this i don't know what who it is who did this it was boomers or anyone? made women being ashamed of femininity that was a product of the feminist movement it overcompensated but isn't it so nice to see young women embracing the beauty that is femininity rather than just being an abortion vote
10: Oh, it's beautiful, and I see it every single day. You know, this this game plan that the left rolled out to erase masculinity from society over the past several decades, attacking anything manly as toxic and evil and bigoted is the exact same game plan that they're trying to play on women today, that being traditionally feminine is weak, that you are participating in a sexist culture, that the only way to be successful is to sacrifice your family, your marriage, your children at the altar of convenience and leftism to climb the corporate ladder, essentially. And Gen Z women are rejecting that, and so are men in embracing traditional masculinity today. It's not hard to see why. If you look back through any chapter in human history, what do young people always want to do more than anything else? Rebel from those older than them. If you've ever raised a teenager, you know the answer to that. And I think it's fascinating to wonder today, How on earth it became normal to have no such thing as gender, to worship the abortion lobby, to worship government over God, to not believe in freedom of speech, to want to throw the U.S. Constitution out the window. But there's a blessing in that, because to be countercultural, to be rebellious, to be a little punk rock means to embrace freedom of speech, to embrace your faith, to embrace traditional gender roles, to want to get married in a society that has the lowest marriage rate in American history— and bring yes. back those traditional values for the future.
0: You know, I love I love the fact that, you know, like I've got a T-shirt and swag line. They're all my my designs. And one of them, it says, proud enemy of the state. And it's like, mm. holy hell, when did I become counterculture, you know? Uh, you know, when I'm pro, pro s- free speech and, and, you know, I say, you know, why I know that the 2020 election was fraudulent, because I'm not stupid. And somehow I'm an outlier. I love that. I really, really love that. Because it used to be smoke weed. Oh, yeah, you're a counterculture. Do heroin. You know, you're such a you're re- rebellious nonsense. Now, now the counterculture is standing up for, like, I don't know, principle and, uh, and honor and, uh, you know, I, uh, constitutionality, et cetera. I can go on and on about it. I want to ask you about the death of shame because this is a big deal. Yeah. You've got young women, young women who aren't making enough teaching, so they do an OnlyFans page. What the hell? What the hell about that? And when did that become acceptable to say that I will have the most intimate act that I can do online for everyone to see because I can't afford my groceries?
10: This has been a very long game played by the left. And honestly, if we can give the left any credit, they're great at planting seeds for things that won't come to fruition for decades. I think sometimes the right is often much more reactive than proactive. And we're finding out the hard way what the consequences have become of that. The left has devalued what intimacy looks like down to a transaction. And they treat people as transactional in anything, be it a dating app or hookup culture, the abortion industry, and even OnlyFans making a lot of money by selling illicit photos and videos of yourself on the Internet. And we package it in this beautiful bow as empowering. But I have to tell you, a few months ago, I had the privilege to be on a very viral dating podcast called The Whatever Podcast. Almost every Gen Zer has seen clips of this. And I was sitting across the table from OnlyFans creators, from a recovering sex addict, from people who are actively working in the pornography industry. And one by one around this table, every single young woman sitting around me said they felt lied to by modern feminism, that they had quit their hormonal birth control, that they weren't happy with hookup culture and were really miserable in all of their relationships, that they all would date a conservative man and even marry a pro lifer if given the opportunity. I love it. And I found I that it. so inspiring because we say our culture is so broken, and I think that's true. But out of that brokenness, people are searching for something more meaningful and wholesome to put ourselves back together again.
0: I got to tell you, I've enjoyed our conversation today, and I would love to have you on again. Um, I have, I have said as far as what's going on in the country right now, like the. Uh, uh, the open border, uh, the the uh, China, etc., and and all of the, the the malfeasance and corruption of the government. The Gen Z ha- or Gen X has to step forward because we haven't even had a president yet. I don't know if you know this. Uh, Barack Obama was technically a boomer. We haven't even had a president yet, so. Really? Uh, I- uh, you know it's it's isn't that odd it's uh, odd but but we're finally we're the generation who's got of high school got to work you know did all that we needed to do didn't make a big deal out of ourselves and now we're coming here and we're you know so i i love the fact that that gen z is doing this gen x we can come together and save the country save the culture your book is called the end of the alphabet how gen z can save america and i want to have you on again isabel i would love to have you on because this Thank has been you so really
6: much for the
8: opportunity it,
0: Oh, if I get a chance, I'm I'm going to start doing an hour-long or more podcasts, and I think you would be a fascinating uh, uh, guest. So thanks for joining me. Go ahead.
10: I was just going to say, if I can leave you with anything, the truth is we've relied on these young, courageous, countercultural voices since the founding of our country. Young people have been taught that the founding fathers were these old, evil, white men, but... The truth is, on July 4th, 1776, most of the founding fathers were 18, 19, 21, 25 yes. years old. Even yes. Thomas Jefferson, who wrote the Declaration of Independence, was only 33 on July oh. 4th, 1776. So it's time for a new generation of leadership like it always has been since before we were formally a country. And I'm hopeful we can have more Gen Xers understand Gen Z a little bit better and learn how to work quick,
0: together. Re- we got to go. What, what is the? Where can people find you on social media? Real quick, go
10: the isabel brown across platform.
0: all right have a glorious weekend and we'll talk again soon this is the rob carson show there it is my favorite song in the world show me how to live audio slave I want to play on a little audio before I go, including Stephen A. Smith going off on uh, illegals. Uh, this is a Chicago City Council meeting w- talking about illegals. And, uh, and when I talk about how the, uh, the Democrat Party has left black people behind, uh, this is what I mean. $152 million
11: on
0: the migrants.
11: $252 million. 17,000 17, migrants coming to this city. And just in Chicago. If you just break that in half and they become families, you got 8,500 families. Hispanics have 3.5 children. I'm submitting to you, in one generation, just one generation, the black vote will be null. Yeah. They will have an additional 24,000 people on the voting rolls, along with the Hispanic population already here. They're playing chess, and you all are playing chess. Ooh. You are damning our youth. Our next generation to poverty by you all doing these political speeches.
0: I will fight to the end of the earth for kids of color in inner cities. I am just, I'll do anything I can. I've been doing it for 30 years. I will continue to do it. And I think we're reaching a point where we're going to do something about it. This is Stephen Smith. He's normally way out left. So you can pick and choose.
11: What it came down to for me is this. I see homeless folks in the streets of New York all the time that are American citizens. Yes, sir. I damn sure. See them in California. Mm -hmm. We've got poor, impoverished, starving people who were born and raised in this nation. How in the hell do we come up with a 52, $53 million pilot program in New York for illegals, but folks who are here legally are born here. We don't have enough for them. Just like we could come up with billions for Ukraine. But somehow, some way, we can't fix the homeland problem. I'm down for helping Israel. I'm down for helping address the situations with the Israeli Palestinian conflict. Okay? I'm down for helping the Ukrainians and fighting off Russia. What about poor and desolate citizens here? How the hell do you print money for foreign countries, but you don't print that money to help eradicate? Folks that are starving
0: right here in the streets of Boom Boom. I told you we can come together. 77% of us know the country's going in the wrong direction. 77% of us can come together. Black, white, liberal, conservative. We can do this. We can do this. This does not have to be a period of strife. We're going to go through some tribulations, but we're going to get to enlightenment. You've got to believe that. You've got to stay positive. Overwhelm them with joy and patriotism, and we'll win. Let's take a break and come back. It's the Rob Carson Show. That is going to do it for the show. Check out my TV show, Rob Carson's What in the World on Newsmax this weekend. I know you're going to laugh, and you're going to feel good about things, all right? God bless you. God bless America and Israel. Go, Chiefs. (laughs) I'll see you Monday. In the meantime, don't catch us stupid.
9: wcbm baltimore is talk radio 680 a.m and 99.9 fm in harford county baltimore's listen
1: breaking news this hour from townhall.com